Blog Talk Radio. Quarters. Security condition three. Thank you. Security three, sir. Zero quarters three. Intruder alert. GQ three. Intruder alert. Oh, we've got an intruder alert, all right. There's no joke about that. Hi, good evening, and welcome once again to Madame Perry Salon. I am your hostess and your cruise director and your friend. Madam Perry, but you can call me Jennifer or Jan, and um, we have had so much fun here lately. Last night, if you were on when Jay Smith was here, um, yeah, we had a very interesting discussion. I didn't know much about what it was, the subject was, once we got past Nexium and sex cults. Not that I'm an expert on that, by any means, but um, yeah, it was kind of fun, uh, or definitely fun. Anyway, um uh, just want to say that um, getting so many more subscribers and downloads and listeners, thanks to you, uh, you're making the podcast grow. Madam Perry Salon is able to bring you more fascinating guests like we've had lately and like we have coming out very soon. And um, by the way, if you were on when Richard, if you listen to Richard, David Fishoff, yeah, not Richard, David Fishoff was on. He's the guy that created the idea, came up with the concept of the Ringo Starr all-star band, as well as the Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. And remember before he said, if you sign up for Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp and tell him that Madam Perry sent you, he'll give you a $700 guitar when you get there. So, yeah, you want to go? Get that. But tonight, tonight is uh, a guest returning, and this is one of the, this guy, I just put his name out there and get all kinds of response back. Uh, Thriller author. He's been praised by best-selling authors and big names: Hallie Ephron, Steve Hamilton, Luke Bernie, just to name a few. Uh, and we're going to talk about the latest book in his uh, Detective Rick Cahill crime, uh, series. And uh, so, welcome to Madame Perry Salon. There's no one like this man, Matt Coyle. Matt, welcome back. Thanks for having me. I, for, I thought there for a minute I wasn't going to be fully beamed up. Well, you never know. <laughs> I never know. Um, <laughs> and to be honest, I know it sounds... Can you hear me okay? I hear you great. Oh, good, good, good. And by the way, if you've tuned in with us, remember, you can talk to Matt Coyle. Uh, the number is six two. Uh, excuse me, 646-716-9922. 646-716-9922. Blog Talk Radio assures me that... Um, that's a toll-free number in the continental U.S. So, um, 
And and I, I know I sounded a little rushed when you talked to me earlier. I was having to rush from I'm, I'm going to be on this TV, working on this TV show Thursday night. And they didn't tell me what the give me the wardrobe thing until today, so I've got to rush out and get something. And then being Atlanta, Matt, I know you're near LA, so you're used to all this big time stuff. But Georgia's a pretty big place for TV and movie right now, so I've got to fight my way through all these trucks from the strip malls that are there because oh, Mark Wahlberg's here shooting a movie. That's right. <laughs> I knew that. Let's get out of the way. I got Matt Coyle waiting on me. Okay. <laughs> Well, actually, um, I, I have a, my own little podcast, Crime Corner, and as my listeners know, about half the time um, something screws up, and it's usually my fault. So I thought that for a minute there I brought some of uh, my bad uh, juju with me, but um, hopefully not. Oh, no, 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 no. You only bring good juju here. And by the way, I was hoping to tell you this before the show so we could speak in private, but, you know, I figure if I go ahead and admit what I do, then – it saves a lot of trouble. I think last time you were on, I kept calling the city um, La Jolla, but it's La Jolla. Well, you're not the first. Right? It is La Jolla. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm talking about this. He's talking about that. So it's like, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, my face was red, but I'm used to that. So, anyway, welcome back. And you've got a uh, Blood Truth, and as soon as I put it, it Blood Truth is the newest, the fourth, isn't it, in the Rick Cahill series? It is. It's the fourth, yeah. And I've already seen people posting on Facebook and social media that they have already read it and they loved it. And I said, well, I haven't finished it, so don't ruin it for me. <laughs> and uh, so I don't know where you wanted to start. You you didn't have your fancy publicist send me any talking points, so we're going strictly organic as we often do and tell us where where did Rick Cahill begin because he's become quite a popular character um where he began um, yeah where did you get the where, how did you get started where did you dream up this, well, this guy well, what was your inspiration um well uh, I always I always knew I wanted to write uh, mystery even as a kid uh start all the way back I don't know, I was an early teen or maybe 12 or so, and my dad gave me The Simple Art of Murder by Raymond Chandler. And uh, I've been writing, reading crime ever since. And um, so I always knew that I wanted to, to write um, crime, but it, I had to figure out that you actually have to do the writing. It took me 30 years to figure out you actually have to do the writing to be to become a writer. Um, oh, yeah. But, <laughs> so they always tell you to write what you know, at least initially, and um, – I'm of Irish descent, so I know about guilt, regret, and unfulfilled potential. So I thought I'd come up with a character that had some police background. I've got my brother-in-law was a cop for 33 years. Uh, his son's a cop, and daughter's married. Their daughter, his daughter's married cops. So I know a little bit about the, the police procedure when needed, but I, I not not enough. But um, so I wanted to write about a private detective and. Um, it was kind of the initial for the first draft of the first book was kind of lighter than, than uh, I really think I wanted it to be. And uh, finally, when uh, this, this, the first line of the book, the first book, Yesterday's Echo came to me, the first time I saw her, she made me remember and she made me forget. It uh, kind of locked in that this guy's a lot darker than I initially um, thought he was going to be. And he's 
he's got a, a, a history that um, that he, he's kind of running from. He's also trying to uh, make up for. So once that line came, I don't know where it came from. Um, I got a fe- I got a feel on the character after uh, months of really not knowing what I was doing. Still don't know what I'm doing, but four books in. <laughs> So you said you wanted to make them a little darker, like like more like the film noir type detectives, or more like a Raymond Chandler. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I read, I read all Chandler's books and the short stories. Uh, you know, that's my background for sure. So I'm sure I steal from from him a bit, and uh, probably uh, Ross McDonald. Um, but I just uh, I, initially the book was, was uh, there was a, there was more humor in it. It was kind of light and. and uh, I just didn't feel right, and then um, once it got a little darker, then it really started to click in for me. Um, there's a guy named Alan Russell, uh, who's a, a great writer, and um, he looked at the first um, poor guy. I had to look at the first um, uh, writing of the first book at a writers' conference. He probably read 30 pages and gave me a critique, and he said, "He said, you know, you can write, but." Um, Every author's first book, especially when you're writing first person like I do, they're very autobiographical. And once you get, once you divorce yourself from what you know your real life and just use the emotion of what's happened, but not real incidents, um, your writing will improve. And so I moved a lot, a lot further away from anything that um, I've ever experienced. Thus, Rick. Now. Um... Now, I said film noir type of detective um, and Chandler, but uh, Rick Cahill, your books are set in, in current times. Am I right? Right. Because uh, I know I know they are, but do you – did you read what I wrote on, on Instagram today about this? Uh, I, actually, I don't think I did. Sorry. I don't, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm not hooking to Instagram. <laughs> huh? Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I couldn't find you. So I just said uh, – um, looking for a solid shameless, a private dick, a gumshoe with a Roscoe and a sap ready to track the can open to the high your cabbage. Well, keep your shirt on because Matt Coyle is about the fresh caper featuring P.I. Rick Cahill. And he's given the skinny on his latest book, Blood Truth, tonight on Madam Perry Salon, the podcast that puts you wise, dig. So uh, I put the time, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. for you left coast types. And if you want to get on the horn, the number is 646-716-9922. I know, I know, that's kind of a callback, but... Well, maybe you could write the uh, um, dust jacket for my next book because that's better than anything I can work with. <laughs> okay. I, I know you're teasing me, but I'm going to delight in that compliment for a long time, okay? So, um, Re- regarding, like, the, regarding the feeling of it being um, kind of, of, uh, of uh, Chandler's time, there, uh Earlier, early in, I think I was writing my first book in a writer's group, I had somebody thought that I actually was writing uh, from an earlier time, and um, another person thinks that maybe I should. Um, maybe it's that, the, uh, you know, the background of all the reading I did of a cr- early crime detective, that that stuff comes up. But I try to keep it contemporary with just a bit of an old-fashioned um, protagonist to it in some ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So you said it started out a little bit lighter, and then with, and then you yeah. uh, sort of changed the feel a bit. And um, so give me some ideas. I know you've got a lot of cops in your family, and I used to um, work for the police department in uh, 
DeKalb County, Georgia, and uh, was, was a lot of, you know, a lot of relatives, police officers. So, you know, that part. But, like, coming up with the, so you got all that solid, but this, these entanglements that that Cahill gets into, um, where, do you, where do you come up with these? Because I read a lot of books, Matt, and I'll tell you what, there's a lot of books you think, guys, how many times is this, is this plot going to be, you know, rinsed out and used again? And your stuff is so fresh. Well, you. Thanks for uh, thanks Thank for that. I hope I don't I don't know if it is or not. I don't know if anybody writes anything uh, fresh anymore, except for uh, um, maybe uh, Joe Ide and uh, what, he, what he's come up with. But um, I, you know, for me, it's it's the connect that Rick has to be connected to the case. He's a private eye, 365 days a year. So the case, he's not, he's not emotionally connected to every case. So the ones I'm going to write about are the ones where he's drawn into them. And they don't necessarily start that way where he's drawn into them. Um, but something will happen. Something will flip over, and then he's, um, he's pulled in emotionally, and, he, and he, he, he takes it to heart, to, to his gut, that he has to find the truth of the matter and help the person who's hired him if possible. Um, but, and, and so from that, I find a, like an inciting incident where Rick will get pulled in. And then from that, really, I just, um, I, <laughs> I put him in situations where I try, I try to have them make sense, but I also have where they have the most emotional pull for him. And um, so there's no grand scheme. I'm very unorganized writer. Um, I, my subconscious does a lot of the work, um, so I just try to find the emotional hook and then something, um, you know, something that'll pull against him that, that makes sense and it's not too ridiculous. Of course, you know, some people will think some of the stuff's ridiculous because, um, you know, maybe some of it doesn't make sense to everybody. But um, so for me, it's, uh, it starts with the character and uh, his connection to what he's investigating. And then I just try to make it as real as possible. But, but uh, but to me the most important thing is um, the emotion, and so if it's a difference between emotion and getting it exactly right, I'll probably go with the emotion. But I don't like to get things wrong. Because mm-hmm. see that's that's one reason why you're one of my favorite fiction writers because I read a lot of biographies, <laughs> memoirs, and stuff. Because you know real people's lives take twists and turns. A lot of true crime too. You know, real true crime comes up with these twists and turns that if you wrote it into fiction, the editors would go, oh, no way. Nobody's going to – that's too convoluted. But um, – Right. So – but I think if you keep more than emotional, um, you get written down to emotional Um. Oh, that's just uh, – I know. I know it sounds like I'm, like I'm broadcasting from Michael Vick's house, but I swear I'm not. No, 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 no. Don't worry about me. I lose my train of thought anytime. Um so I think that's a lot of what makes your makes your plot so it, we don't feel like anything's telegraphed. You, I never know what's around the corner with you and I think that's because uh, of your approach to it. Really? Yeah. Well, that's well. Well, then we're even, okay? So, 
Now, I know a lot of people have asked you this. I'm sure, I'm sure they have. When people, when you think of the people in in your books, like okay, like Cahill, you've got to see it. I'm sure, and I know I might have asked you this before. You've got to see probably in terms of a of a film or a television show. If we were to try to picture, if you pictured an actor to play Cahill, who would it be? Well, actually, um, I have thought of that because uh, I would like some Hollywood money, but. When I'm writing, I don't really see. I've never. I don't know. What, I don't know specifically what Rick looks like. I. I don't know his specific facial features. He's got brown hair. I think brown. I'm not even sure what color his eyes are. Actually, he's six footish, physically fit, um, but not a complete gym rat. But I don't really. I'm writing from first person, so I'm looking outward, and so I don't really know um, what he looks like. But when I, when I think in terms of film, because you know. Please, someone ask me. Um, I always thought of uh, Mark Wahlberg um, because of uh, his intensity, and uh, I think he's a better actor than he's given credit for. And I think that when he does the dark stuff, he's at his best. And there's always, to me, to me, there's always some backstory, some dark backstory lurking for him that um, it's there, but we don't know what it is. Um, so that that's that's a thought. Um, but you know, I'm sure that uh, if someone wanted to make a movie out of it, whoever they chose, I'd go with. <laughs> for a series, tell me some of the um, besides Chandler. Tell me some of the um, television or movie detectives that that you like to watch. Well, my all-time uh, favorite movie, and this probably says a lot about my outlook in life, is uh, Chinatown. Um, oh. Mister, as uh, as John Huston would say, Mister Gitz, but Jake Gittes, uh, um uh, Nicholson's character. So uh, that that's uh, I that's that's a genius movie. And if I could ever write anything that was that good, I'd be very happy. So um, so for me, it's um, like there's nothing really on television that uh, detective wise that I would that's really even that's on much anymore. But that I would watch on on um, network TV because it's just not it's not dark enough and it's it's all ep- episodic where. You know everything gets solved each week, and you don't know that much about the character's life. And to me, that's it's more interesting to know what's going on in, internally than so much um, wrapping it up in sixty minutes. Um, but let's see. Um, I always think of uh, Rick, and I think of a lot of PIs as um, gunfighters in the old west, um, because generally they're lone wolves. Although there's obviously usually successful mystery writers who have the, the PI's got a sidekick who's uh, kind of a Superman type. But um, for me, it's uh, more interesting when he's kind of a, he's the guy um, who's brought in, he's a lone wolf. He has to work on his own, his own devices and he has his own sense of justice. And sometimes that may not even match up with the person who hired him, but he has to be true to it. So uh, I guess old Westerns are more of an influence for me that way than, uh, than mm. anything on, on TV now. Mm. When uh, okay, you have to realize when you when you mention western, I kind of go into a fugue state, uh, thinking of Adam Cartwright. So we're gonna have to set that aside for right now, so I can concentrate. (laughs) Adam Cartwright. Which which one was Adam? Pernell Roberts. Oh, Pernell. Okay, because I'm thinking a little Joe, of course, Michael Landon, but. uh... 
Yeah, he's for the tourists. Purnell, Purnell Roberts. <laughs> when uh, <laughs> you know, I was reading um different different reviews of uh, Blood Truth, your newest book, Blood Truth, and this was from um, Mystery People. And I'm going to read just little parts of this, if you don't mind. Um, Matt Coyle understands mood and emotion is essential to a private eye novel. While delivering an engaging plot with plenty of action, his main ambition is getting into the head and heart of his tarnished knight, Rick Cahill, in his latest Blood Truth, It's All Personal. Um, And then I'm going to skip down past the description so that you can describe it. It says, uh, uh, like... Like Reed Farrell Coleman, Matt Coyle is able to tap into that classic melancholy of the private detective. He realizes that a true hard-boiled hero isn't completely tough, and it's those vulnerabilities that draw us in as he struggles with his soul. For Coyle, it's not what lurks down those mean streets that pose the greatest threat for our hero. It's the loneliness one has walking down them. Well, that's a great. That's a great. That's a great review by Scott Scott Montgomery at, at Book People, who's anybody in the mystery business. Was a great guy. He is, but um, and to be and to be mentioned with Reed Farrell Coleman's a huge compliment too. Um, but I think he really nailed it. I mean, to me, he really nailed Rick there. That um, that he, he's he is melancholy, and he can't seem to, in some ways, get out of his own way with that. And uh, that's always a delicate balance, I think. For am I showing any gro- any growth with Rick as a character on a character arc over the series? Where I think there are there's little gradations for him, but um, uh, I, I think that for me, for my guy, uh, that that critique, that review by Scott, completely nails it. Uh, yeah. So he also put, I skipped over the part where you described or where he describes. Um, where Scott Montgomery describes the uh, the story, the plot of Blood Truth. So, do you want to? Would you share that with us, in your words? Sure, sure. I'm sorry. I sorry. I jumped in there and cut you off on that. I just that, that's no, that's such a understanding. That is such an understanding of, of what I'm trying to do in the character that, that which is not surprising with Scott because uh, he's he is the mystery writer's best friend. But um, Anyway, well, the, well, the story um, for me was, and for Rick, is the most personal of the four books. Um, it's people who've uh, started from the beginning know that Rick's father, before him, um, had been a cop for the La Jolla Police Department, and uh, had been lost his job, kicked off the force uh, for reasons unknown. But the rumor had always been his father was a um, affiliated with the mob, and somehow bagged for the mob. Um, and uh, not a good guy here when throughout his throughout his earlier life he thought been the ultimate police officer and looked up to by everyone. And so this is this aside from Rick's own problem is being a former police officer and being kicked off the force after his father. This has always bothered him. Um, Rick is uh, suspected of killing his wife 13 years ago. There was, she was uh, murdered. He was arrested. Uh, Released, never tried, but never exonerated, and probably still thought by many to be responsible for killing his wife. So Rick has that own cloud. Then he has his father's. All his life, he's had this situation with his father, um, 
you know, what kind of a man was he? Um, am I my father? You know, am I determined by my father's blood? Because Rick does some things that certainly break the law, and sometimes he um, does things not even in his own best interest, where he lets his anger take over, and he wonders who I am, who I am, who am I, and who really was my dad. And so, in this book, in the beginning of the book, um, he's uh, contacted by someone who bought the house he grew up in. It's been owned by someone else, but. It's been 18 years since he'd been there. That was after his father's funeral. And this this new guy who's tearing down the house to rebuild it, as people do, has found this safe in a room uh, Rick knows was his father's den. So he's found this safe. It was a hidden safe behind a wall. And uh, it, Rick gets it open and finds uh, uh, $15,000 uh, in an envelope, like in hundreds and fifties, and a uh, Saturday night special gun, a uh, 25 caliber uh, handgun missing two bullets and um, so Rick wonders what the hell is this and what does it really mean and it leads him on a path to find out the truth about uh, about his father He, and, and in addition solves a, a cold case uh, murder and for me uh, that, of course this is something that, that I had to to be to be fair to the readers, this is something I knew that I was going to have to figure out um, with the backstory I'd given in earlier books and um but I also want to do it for, for uh, Rick um, so he could kind of move past this one thing. He could have one thing in his life that he could move past. So I'd planned to write this book. I'm, I'm not very good at planning, um, but I had planned to write this book uh, before I'd ended the third book, Dark Fishers. And it, after I finished Dark Fishers and was uh, kind of getting my head together to write the next book, my father, who was 91, passed away, he, uh, and it was a sudden death. He, he'd been... He's incredibly healthy for a 91-year-old, but something happened and he died suddenly. Um, so I was, uh, and he was, uh, I had a complicated relationship with him. I think as all um, all uh, men my age did have, have the, with their parents and the um, certainly their fathers, men to father of the greatest generation. And um, But we became very good friends later in life, and he was a huge proponent of my writing. So there's a couple things going on. I'm writing this book. I'm dealing with my own grief in some ways when I'm, and I'm writing in flashback about Rick's situation with his father. So it made those all the more poignant. Um, but also my father was kind of involved in some ways in the process of my writing because he would like to see pages and he'd be kind of a cheerleader for me. So it was a uh, different, it was the first book I I'd written without him kind of looking over my shoulder and patting me on the back and as well as dealing with uh, grief in some ways. And then also a father son, a contentious father son relationship in some ways. So it's a, it was a very personal book. Um, it was one of the few books that I actually kind of knew where I was going the whole way, even though there's twists and turns I don't expect. But I never the tone of the book um, stayed. I mean, the tone of the book was how I wanted it, and the book really was the book I was trying to write. That's a long-winded answer. That's a good. That's really a great answer. And well, first of all, you know, I'm very sorry for for the loss of your father. Uh, what an interesting story around it, though, and the effect, um, kind of the way how it sort of weaves in and out your your grief and your writing and your relationship with him, and how and how that um, transformed or changed or the different changes. And yeah, I understand what you're talking about. Um, Interesting story. So, um, are you on the road? I know you were at the L.A. Los Angeles um, Book Festival. Festival of Books. Weekends. Yeah. Yeah, Festival of Books. Are you? No, I'm on the road. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
Are you are you on the road on a book tour? Can we see you across the country? No, the book tour is over. Uh, the book came out in December. Um, although you know things pop up, things always pop up, which is great. Um, I just did uh, I did L.A. Times, and a week before that, I did an event with Doug Lyle, um, Patty Smiley, and Robin Bursell for a great library organization in Anaheim, and uh, we, we had a lot of fun. So it's it's really cool. Things pop up throughout the year, and I'm always happy to do them. Um, I'm also doing a library event in San Diego in uh, in June. Um, with a lot of great writers, so that's going to be fun. But no, I'm, I'm, I actually was on the road for my day job uh, last week in St. Louis briefly, and uh, had a you know a fun story flying southwest on the way home and getting delayed. But, um, but no, I'm hunting <laughs> down. I'm writing I, I, book five, which is going to be called or which is called um, Wrong Light, comes out this December. But I'm writing book six right now, which is uh, which is Rick going back to Santa Barbara to. Um, eventually learn the truth about what happened to his wife. Um, so I'm going to seal that one up too, that, that mystery that's been floating around. And that's in book six. But, uh, so, I need, so I need to write. I, I, need to, I need to write a little harder than I've been writing, unfortunately. Do, do, do fans, do your readers ask you to tell them or to dig that, the, dig that story out? Or? Um, I don't know. I, I don't, I, uh, I don't know if I have any fans. I like to come across a fan. I've had other writers tell me, hey, I've had other writers tell me, one in particular, that, hey, you got to you gotta do this. I didn't really want to do it. I didn't want to do it. Um, book four, Blood Truth, was emotional in some ways. And, and so the next book I wrote, uh, Wrong Light, which I said is coming out in December, that was, of course, for Rick, there's always emotion, but that was um, less personal. And so, um, you know, I'm on deadline. i got to write this book for book six. And I didn't have an idea. I never did. And so I was driving up to uh, an event in uh, Orange County. I'm in San Diego. Orange County is about an uh, uh, hour and a half. Well, an hour and a half. No, it wasn't Orange County. It was way up in L.A. It's way northern L.A. It's like a two-and-a-half-hour drive. So I turned the radio off. Uh, this was a couple months ago. And they said, well, you know, i got to figure out what I'm going to write about. Uh, so I had doing a lot of thinking in my head, a lot of what-if situations. And the story that just kept coming back at me, the one I did not want to write was, Rick goes to Santa Barbara and figures out what happens to his wife. And I wasn't ready to write that story. I'm still working into it emotionally, but it just was the one that kept pushing in. So um, that's what I'm writing about. And now that I've started, I'm, I'm happy to be doing it. But um, it's going to be a tough write because there's going to be a lot of emotion too for a couple of reasons for Rick. So oh, I have to gear up for that sometimes. Plus I have to go to Santa Barbara to get a better feel. I really realized how important it is for me to be in the city that I write about. I've written my first five books are all about San Diego, which is easy for me, but I still get out and drive around and look at things. And I went to school in Santa Barbara uh, a long time ago, <laughs> a lot of decades ago. <laughs> things have changed up there, up there, of course. I've been a couple times since, but so I need to go up there, although I have been once before, while I was writing this, but I need to go up there in a couple of weeks and, get a little more sense of the area because um, that really helps influence the writing. I get ideas from areas and things like that, subplots, stuff like that. Where does the, um, where, where do most of, uh, <laughs> okay, I'm just going to say, I was going to ask you, where, where does uh, Rick Cahill live? Where do most of his uh, cases, adventures, misadventures take place? 
He lives in San Diego. Um, I can even I can't give you the address of the house, but I uh, I know the house he lives in because it was an open house I walked through one day probably six or seven years ago. It, it wasn't the first place. It was the first. It's the first home he's owned. It wasn't the first place he lived in. The first book he lived in somewhere very similar to where I lived. Um, mm-hmm. So I he lives in um, in uh, San Diego. Most of his uh, adventures have to take place in various parts of San Diego. I try to find an iconic place for a scene to be the, for it to make sense. So I've tried to do that throughout each book, but he's a San Diego guy. And, um, he did go to school in Santa Barbara and he was a cop up there for, uh, three years before he got booted off the force. Okay. Um, if you want to get booted off the force, that's always, all, all the best detectives are the ones that got kicked off, booted off. That's right. That's well, what he, they he deserves really to be. What? He deserves to be, actually. So he earned it. If, if you're listening to us live right now, I, I don't have very long left. So if you want to talk to, um, I was going to talk to Rick Cahill. If you want to talk to Matt Coyle, uh, Call in the number 646-716-9922, or if you're at a day job and you can't uh, get a call out, you can always message him, like a lot of folks do. Um, Matt Coyle, best-selling author, winner of the Anthony Award, the Benjamin Franklin Silver Medal, the San Diego Book Award, um, and is a Seamus McCavity and Lefty Award finalist as well. God, I feel like Larry King saying all that after the number. <laughs> Well, I'll try. <laughs> I like to say it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I was going through um, uh, Book Reporter, the Book Report Network. Yeah, they were listing all this, and um, uh, they put have all your books here and the uh, plot on there. So if you want to know what to get started with, they all there. Uh, yesterday's Echo. And I want to give a shout out to my friend Keith Edenfield because he's read that because he won it uh, last year when you were on. You gave away a book. Uh, Keith won it, which was good because he just had some ankle surgery, so he was laid up and he was great enough to uh, have something good to read. And uh, now he's a fan. The second book was Night Tremors, uh, Dark Fissures, and uh, of course, Current Blood Truth. And the next book comes out in. Uh, did you say in December? December, yeah. And wrong is life. that wrong life? Okay, and wrong uh, life. you know, it's a. Uh, first of all, I will. If someone does call, if someone calls in, I'll, I'll give away a, a book for sure. But do you notice uh, the similarities between all those uh, um, titles? They're all two words. And uh, yeah. So yeah. in the first book, the first book, the the, the title. The titles all come come kind of organically from the work. So it was yesterday's echo made sense. But then they wanted to, my publisher wanted two word titles ever since then. So that is a challenge every time to come up with two words for each book. And uh, so and I never have the title until I'm done with the book. And so I have no idea what the title of this one I'm writing now is going to be, but hopefully I'll figure it out by the uh, end. Okay. All right. Yeah, they seem to like these things where they kind of like go on with a, a okay, everything's going to be a two word or, or some kind of a, I guess seems to have a similarity or a rhythm for it, um, for the titles. Hey, you also have uh, – talk to us about your podcast. 
Yeah, I do a uh, also on uh, Authors on the Air. Um, I do a uh, podcast. It's, I don't have a, a. I'm not real good with um, a uh, being specifically every every uh, t- every two weeks. The idea is every two weeks a, a month. Every every two Fridays. I'm sorry. Um, but uh, sometimes uh, for me, uh, the writing and the day job get in the way, so I'm a little behind. But uh, actually, this. Friday, and it's on uh, 6 o'clock West Coast time, um, and it's called Crime Corner with Matt Coyle. And uh, I try to, uh, although I've only had uh, mystery authors on, I've also had mystery fans on, And because um, the idea, I've, I, all of crime interests me, so I'm going to try to have some, um, like, uh, district, uh, not district attorneys, but assistant district attorneys on, and maybe try to uh, get somebody, and people will write true crime as well, and... Um, uh, try to get uh, maybe somebody from like 48 hours or um, or Dateline, but um, this Friday I'm going to have Baron Bircher, who's a really good writer, and uh, his latest book is uh, Fistful of Rain, uh, which just came out. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. It's uh, like as you know, it takes some preparation, and uh, but I do I do enjoy it. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it. Um, Pam Stack asked me if I wanted to do it, and uh, I said sure. Great. Because I couldn't, honestly, I couldn't turn down the opportunity just to get in front of more people. But uh, I do, I really do enjoy it. I've really had some great guests, and uh, I, uh, it's a lot of fun when I don't screw it up yeah. technically. Oh, I'm sure you don't. Yeah, and Pam, Pam's a great one. Um, she kind of helped nurture me into the podcast world, and I'm very grateful to her. And she's that's right. She's a fantastic promoter and supporter of authors. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she is really good. So. Yeah, great. So, um, so you say you do it about every two weeks, and what kind of? So you said you were looking for some other guests, like, um, I mean, who who do you want? Who can I get for you? I have Art well, Harris on um, sometimes, and he's Art Harris is an investigative, a two-time Emmy winner from uh, investigative journalist from uh, uh, CNN, HLN, and he's on Series XM with Nancy Grace. You want you want Art? I'll get you Art. Maybe, maybe um, I should talk to you about that. Yeah, I think there's a there's a DA in Orange County that I'm gonna try to get on. I haven't really talked specifically to him, but he's been on a lot of uh, Datelines in 48 hours. He's had some pretty big cases, and I I would actually like to um, get somebody on regarding the uh, Golden State Killer. Um, but I haven't uh, reached out to anybody yet because um, all facets of crime interest me um, for sure. But I do like talking to to mystery writers. Yeah, I do as well. And um, always wonder too. Sometimes, what is it called? The city novels. I think uh, Dominic Dunn might have written one or two where it's based on a true story, but you have to pretend like it's like you're just writing fiction and mm-hmm. uh, uh, put your story really out there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or worse. <laughs> um, so um, when you so. What do you talk about a lot on Crime Corner? Do you, people call in? Do you? Just, um, it's funny. It's funny. You, for you, as you probably know, you, get, you have a lot of listeners, but people are kind of shy about calling in. So I will get a, a stray call in, even though I asked if anybody wants to. But um, generally, I'll have uh, somebody on. We'll talk about their book, their latest book, and then a little bit about the nuts and bolts um, uh, of how how they're writing, how they got into writing, and. Um, you know, Barron's interesting because he has a musical background, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I just uh, – I'm always – for me, it's a learning experience. Anytime I have a guest on, I, I, I ask questions that interest me, and hopefully they interest the audience too. 
because I'm just I'm trying to learn and uh, I'm I'm kind of a naturally curious person, so I um, just ask things that um, I think are interesting, and I I try not to. Um, I'm sure I come up with a lot of questions they've already been asked, but I, I try to at least have a couple of originals. But you never know. I've been lucky. I've had a lot of great guests that do really uh, give a lot of good information. You know, it'd be fun. And and talking about the Golden State Killer, I guess that would be, um, I don't know who you would, if there's somebody specifically you have in mind you want to talk to, you know, uh, one of the people, of course, you would think of first would be uh, Patton Oswalt. Yeah, yeah. It's a, the whole thing is an amazing story. You know, I, I he killed when I was went to school at UC Santa Barbara. He killed, um, I think, uh, one or two couples in Goleta and surrounding areas. At least one couple while I was there. Didn't know anything about it back then. I knew about the Zodiac Killer when I was. You know, I lived in San Diego. I lived. In, I knew about the Zodiac Killer. I got a lot of notoriety. But this guy was incredibly, horribly prolific in, in rapes and murders. But Outside of Sacramento and maybe the Bay Area, we never heard about it. And today, that would never happen in today's 24-hour news. But, but um, it was for this kind of um, uh, the volume of these horrific crimes this guy did, for, for um, someone like myself who follows true crime to not know about him until I started seeing things about a year ago, is kind of fascinating to me. And, um, and, and I was talking to my sister-in-law who um, – well, my, she and my brother live in Sacramento now, but she grew up in Sacramento. I said, hey, do you remember, I mean, when he was just a rapist, he was called the uh, East Side Rapist. I said, do you remember when the East Side Rapist was going, you know, was out there? And she goes, yeah, I remember completely. We, we were scared to death. You know, everybody was closing all their windows and doors and uh, had a huge impact. But to me, it's just so weird that um, it didn't have more of a, it, not maybe not even a national presence, but more of a California presence that in Southern California, we didn't really know about him, even though he ended up moving, he ended up, committing crimes as far south as Irvine, which is um, just an hour north of here, hour and a half north of here. Oh. Can you hear yeah, me? When, I mean, when, somebody's calling yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking, when somebody's that close, you know, that close, it's, um, yeah. Man, it, it does, it does kind of, you know, gives you a creepy feeling because you're always looking over your shoulder. Um of course, you know, I live in Atlanta, so anything could happen anywhere. But um We're in a major city. There's stuff going on that you know, we don't even know about, I'm sure. <laughs> Always lock the doors you know, and the windows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and and, really, and you always have to be aware of, it, aware of where you are and even out even during the day when you're outside you have to be aware of things around you. That's my little uh sermon for the day. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and it's valuable. So if you, um, the Rick Cahill series, no matter what you modestly tell me, you know, you do have a lot of fans and a lot of readers. Uh, so if you ever veered from that, because every now and then, you know, some of the authors I have on who might write some kind of suspense thriller, uh, whether it's crime or fantasy or something, every now and then they'll veer off into something else. And if you wrote something different in a different genre, if you I know you've thought about it, what would it be? Hmm. I honestly don't think I would write out a genre, be, to be honest with you. Um, I, uh, of course, when I graduated from college a thousand years ago, I thought I was writing the great American novel, which was awful. Um, 
No, I think I would write something. I am going to write something different uh, probably after I finish book six. But I don't know what it is yet. But I am going to write something different. I am going to come up with a new character. If if not a series, at least a standalone. And uh, I sort of have an inkling, but um, it will be crime, but it will be different than what I'm doing now. Um, but I haven't fleshed it out yet. But I, I don't, I don't, I don't, um, I read science fiction when I was a kid, but science fiction is really hard. You have to really come up like with a whole different world and you have to be true to the laws of the world. And uh, it's a lot, I would think that's a lot of research um, for science fiction, but um, I enjoy science fiction. Uh, or I did, as, I did as a kid, I read a lot of Ray Bradbury and um, that might be, that might be one, but I don't think I can, that's, I don't think I'm going to go outside of crime at this point. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to make any judgments. I'm not going to get outside of crime. I'm not going to. Uh... Yeah, I'm stuck in crime. Maybe romance if I put a picture of myself on the cover, but I'd have a shirt on. So, something like that. Buttoned up, buttoned up to the very top. <laughs> somebody, have somebody Is right there. Is there a market for? Isn't there a market for middle-aged romance? Maybe maybe that'll be it. Start a whole new genre, middle-aged romance. Okay. Hey, you'd be surprised, okay? You don't think we middle-aged yeah. women want romance? <laughs> oh, I know, I, I, I know, but um, you probably don't want to read about a middle-aged guy uh, being romantic. Anyway. <laughs> well, you know, it's like I've heard some some men say that they don't want a. Um, Think about dating the younger. They want somebody they could talk to after a while. You know, the young women are good for sometimes, but then they start wanting someone they can actually have a conversation with. So I don't know if they're just saying that or what. Well, what is your next? I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that alone. Leave that alone. I'm sorry. Go ahead. This is divorce day. I'm gonna leave that alone. You crack me up. Coyle, you really do. Um, <laughs> you okay? Now you've completely lost me here. Uh, will we ever see? Do you think we're going to ever see Cahill? Um, maybe after he solves or resolves the uh, the murder of his wife, do you think we'll ever see him get hitched, pair up, some kind of a romantic uh, domestic partnership or something? No, I don't think so. Um, uh, that would be that would be different for me. That would be a challenge for me. Um, he's had some romance in a few of the books, but uh, I don't. Uh, that would mean he'd be uh, well. Anyway, I don't talk about my thoughts on marriage. I was gonna say that would mean he'd be happy, but he could be miserable too. Um, I don't. I would say probably not. But maybe, maybe there's hope for the guy. Yeah, it may be okay. Well, there's a, we have a caller from Chicago, Peter G. Hi, Peter. Welcome back to Madam Perry Salon. Hello. How you doing? Doing great. I'm here Hi, talking Peter. to Matt Boyle about his uh, – Matt, this is Peter. He's he's one of my favorite regulars. And uh, um, I guess, Peter, you know, we've been talking about his, his newest book, Blood Truth, in the Rick Cahill series. And um, Peter's an animator. Peter, you haven't done any animation on on uh, crime thrillers, have you? No, not yet. It's 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 something that I've thought about in my in my daydreams for an animated movie. 
I would want to do it as like the ultimate noir flick. So lots of like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with what they call the dark deco. Batman the Animated Series used it. So the dark deco Ooh. look, lots of black and white and uh, and uh, shades of gray, and just make it a real. It's a little beyond my capabilities right now. Is the, <laughs> is the problem? <laughs> well, black and white and shades of gray. That is noir for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's it, it's well. I mean, the th- people overlook. I, I mean, to my mind, I have different genres that I'm interested in. Like I I mostly write comedies or I or I write different things. For my money, crime noir or just or just mysteries in general are the best way to explore human nature, because all mysteries stem from here's something that somebody so desires that they're willing to step outside their normal ethical boundaries in order to get it, and then try and hide it so no one can find out what what that what happened. So it's all about that dark side of human nature, about the passion, about desire. And you can just exactly do right. so much, explore so much with it. Exactly hey, right. Hold I mean, up. That's why, hold uh, minute, Peter. Hmm? Peter, you're, you're getting too close to the truth of my life, okay? Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't give anything away, Peter. We've, uh, um, whatever you know is not true. Uh, Matt. So the story about, have, uh, about you, I was going to say, so the story about you, the ocelot, and the hay baler, I should ignore that, right? <laughs> I'm going to move on because, okay, Matt is giving away a book tonight to a caller, and um, and you're a caller, Peter? Oh, hello. I think that means you're something new to read. Wonderful. I was I'll, always, uh, sounds wonderful. Uh, you're talking to a guy who stays away from Barnes & Noble because he'll walk in to get, like, a latte from Starbucks, and he'll come out with two giant bags full of books. <laughs> Oh, okay. And like, where am I right. even going to put these things? <laughs> well, now you've got another. Hey, and also on the line, oh, another one of my favorites, the Spence writers, uh, calling in from Colorado, Mr. Brett Wright. Brett, welcome to Madam Perry Salon. We're talking to Matt Coyle here. I know you made a comment on our post about this yesterday. And um, Oh, yeah. In, yeah. All right. Hey, where, where, am, I, where am I sitting? Uh, How you doing? Thanks for calling. Right. Sit, on, sit on the other side of me, Brett. All right, all right. We'll just we'll, we'll just do that. So, Matt, hi. Yeah, hi. <laughs> so yeah, I couldn't wait to get on get on the line. A fellow uh, a fellow writer, fellow div novelist. That's uh, that's amazing. I've just been sort of listening here for the last couple of couple of minutes. Um, I liked what you had to say about exploring, you know, the the, the dark side of uh, of, of human um, of the of the human soul. Basically, that was uh, you're you're absolutely right with that about setting that uh, that kind of um, feel in a in a in a book, especially in the in the PI genre. Well, I think I think that was the other caller, and uh, he, I think he probably get the whole hour because he was more believable. Oh, you know, than I, I could anything I probably got yeah. you. <laughs> I probably got you confused. <laughs> That's what I get. See, I was on the road. <laughs> no, but, it's, but, it's, but, but it, it definitely is. It definitely is the the way the, the interest for me in writing uh, mysteries and specifically in first person is um, you know the battle with oneself. There's always going to be. Um, exterior battles for the PI, but um, the internal struggle is for me the most interesting, for sure. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Now, do you find that uh, your uh, when you're when you're writing in first person and you're in that headspace, do you do you find yourself also uh, battling putting your own uh, psyche on the page for all to see? Hmm. No, I don't really. Uh, I don't. I mean, I think everything has to become from uh, true emotion. I think that uh, obviously, I, I, you know, my life's been pretty boring. I haven't been a cop. I haven't been a private investigator. I haven't been a soldier. I haven't been a doctor. I haven't been a lawyer. But I've had. I'm of a certain age. I think where everybody on the phone right now is, where you've had a lot of pain and loss in your family, with family life, whatever. So when I'm when there's something that may be violent with a you know bad outcome in the books. I'm writing, I can pull from my own sense of loss and get the true emotion without having the, the, the same experience. So if the emotions are true, I think that the, um, the, the reader will feel the truth in it. Um, but no, I don't worry about, I, don't, I, I mean, I, like I, I do try to pull out that part of it, but I don't worry about, um, you know, my inner, my inner psyche showing up. I think I've, uh, I sort of know this guy. I mean, it's, I've only got four books out, five soon to be out, but I've actually been writing this character for 15 years. It took me, I think, a little, 10 years to get published initially. So I sort of have a decent grasp on him. But, I mean, there's a lot of me and him for sure. Um, but I don't uh, I don't worry about that. I don't, I don't worry about exposing myself. Um, you know, I mean, if you're a writer, your stuff's out there anyway. They're going to figure out who you oh, sure. are. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, can I jump in with a quick question? Yeah. Sorry about me. <laughs> I just make you, I just don't want to interrupt anybody. Um, one thing I'm wondering about because like for like there's different genres like science fiction and fantasy and stuff like that. And for me at least, my favorites in those genres are usually some kind of mystery. Because, you know, you got people who are dealing with the unknown, so it may be ostensibly be a science fiction story, but it's still in a roundabout way either a situational mystery or a mystery of who's of who's doing something terrible that they have to stop. Have you have you ever considered branching out into other genres, but using mystery as the foundation to build these new worlds? Uh, Jennifer asked me about that, but uh, actually, no. Um, I did. I read. I read science fiction. I read a lot of science fiction when I was younger, um, but. Um, I will probably, even with new characters, new ideas, I will probably stick in crime. And basically for the reason you came up with earlier is that, um, you know, it's so interesting to me that the, the, the inner, the darkness of, uh, you know, the human spirit in some ways. But, uh, but you make a great point, though, and I think, I think all literature, if it's not necess- even if it's not a mystery, there is suspense. There is, um, there's always got to be tension on, on every page, even in, um, you know, comedic stuff. Right. Um, but for me, mm-hmm. I'm going to stick in, I'm going to stick in my lane and try to get better at it and have some different angles I come from, but um, I'll stay in crime. Hmm. <laughs> Let's take that little sound bite out. I'll stay in crime. Matt Coyle said, and uh, <laughs> let's put that in the promo. <laughs> uh, okay, and uh, if you if you're still listening, or if you just dialed in, or just listen, uh, plugged in, we're talking to thriller author Matt Coyle, and um, you've only got about three minutes left to call and talk to him if you want to. Hey guys, I'm so glad you know Peter, uh, the animator and comic strip artist uh, and writer for Bleeding Cool, Peter G. Here, he's um, one of our Madam Perry's uh, biggest fans and listeners, and so is Brett R. Right here. 
And uh, and Brett, I don't know what you might have heard, Matt, but there was a time about a year ago when Brett and his friend Rick Cornell did come in. We had some bad blood going on because they left some burritos under the cushions, and they were a little smelly. But we got it cleaned up. It was a regular food fight, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. His uh, his book is uh, uh, books are called uh, his his detective is nasty, and that seems so fitting. Um, it's not about Jack, Jackie yeah. Jackson. It's <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's uh, but, an interesting guy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I am just so glad that you've come here. Now listen, if you if you're new to Matt Coyle, or if you uh, I want to tell you, he's got um, a Rick Cahill series is very popular. Uh, and start with the book Yesterday's Echoes, Night Tremors, Dark Fissures, and the current book Blood Truth. As um, and if you're if you're really jonesing for some more Rick Cahill after reading Blood Truth, and I have had some people comment back to me that I've already read this. I've already well, the next one is coming out. Uh, Wrong Life is coming out in December. And uh, he's already writing the six ones, which means that you 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 care about your readers. You're giving them a little, you're giving you're giving them hope that they got more to read from you. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So where can people um, in the last couple of minutes? Where can people find out more about you? What is your website or any social media? Yeah, my website's uh, MattCoilBooks.com. Social media, I'm basically on Facebook. Uh, Matt Coyle, uh, you'll see dogs. There's pictures of my dog, Angus, on the couch. That's basically the, um, it's as deep as it gets. But uh, I do like to um, occasionally put some writing stuff up there. And I'm, I'm on Twitter. I don't, I'm at, at Coyle M, I think. I, don't, I know how to retweet. That's about the best I can do on Twitter. <laughs> but um, I do retweet things, but, uh, you know. But, uh, but okay. if anybody, you know, it was my emails on my website, so I always respond to emails. So I'm happy to, or engage me on Facebook, uh, Happy to talk to anybody. All right. And again, Matt Coyle, best-selling author, winner of the Benjamin Franklin Silver Medal, San Diego Book Awards, and the Seamus McCavity Lefty Award finalist. Uh, and he's got a degree in English for the love of Pete, you know, from the University of California, Santa Barbara. And um, just so glad to have you here. Hey, you know what we should do, guys? Because now that it's almost the end of our time, we've got about one minute left with Matt 90 seconds, the woman says. You know what we should do? Hmm. Brett and Peter and anybody listening, we should show up. Matt has has a podcast called Crime Corner. comes on about every two weeks. We should all show up over at his podcast. Would that be okay, Matt? Absolutely. Baron Bircher, Friday night, uh, 90s close time, 6 Pacific. Okay. That'd be fun. Heck, yeah. It's called Crime yeah, Corner. Oh, listen, we'll show up. Time. It's what now? Oh, I said I'm sorry. I showed up a little bit late this time. I was on the road from Denver, so you know that that, that didn't work. Oh, Brett, we're glad you, you you pulled in the driveway just in time to get out here with us. So thanks a lot. Uh, so we're going to all meet up for over the world. At, uh, we're going to meet up on, on Matt's podcast. It's called Crime Corner. I thought he said Crime Corner at first because of the crime, but it's Crime <laughs> Corner. And uh, sometimes we can all, yeah, well, and join in. And and uh, thank you all so much for listening. Hey, by the way, if you're um, 
if you're an indie author and want to promote your books and uh, you can't afford a publicist, get my book. It's called Sell Your Books Today, and it's 99 cents right now. It's a bargain. Cool. And, guys, I'm going to be in an overnight shoot tomorrow night, speaking of crime, uh, playing a funeral director uh, for House on uh, Haunting of Hill House. So, hey, who knows? Uh, for you. Uh, how fun! Right. You know, so I might be in the crown, and you might see my elbow when the TV when it comes out on TV. Okay, but um, but at least we'll know they're trying to make something happen. And um, I just want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank Matt Coyle for being here again. I I just think you're wonderful, and thank you so much. It's an honor to have you, you here, Brett Wright. You better be coming back soon. And uh, Peter I G, will. I love having you here as well. And I'm going to send everybody out with a little song. That I wrote called Everybody Got to Sing. I love you all. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.